Welcome to Choices, the podcast that allows you to simply be. I'm Vidya Bellor and my job is to help you think about things a little bit differently, to help you cope with those challenges in life that may be affecting your happiness or performance and hopefully provide you with some clarity in your decision making. Let's talk about being mentally healthy. It's okay not to be okay all of the time. But what do you do when you don't feel okay? Do you cry quietly? Do you talk with friends? Do you seek conventional therapies or opt for a holistic approach? Today, I'm going to let music do the talking. Over the last few weeks, I hope you're seeing a gentle thread I've been kind of weaving between topics. Alex Hughes, my guest last week, kindly shared some of the work that we'd done together to assist her with her own experience of loss and grief. And I think it brought me very naturally to this week's topic of conversation. Because isn't it a bit of a thing that we build for ourselves where we feel we must be able to deal with things and sort things out all by ourselves without any help from anyone else. I think it's probably a hangover mentality from the war days of yesteryear. A majority of people will have had some issues with their mental health. But for the circumstances and the priority to merely survive, people inevitably just got on with it. Survival was the priority. Things didn't really get talked over because... There was a collective sufferance. And when the war was over, the younger generations that survived would have experienced such unimaginable turbulence and bore witness to so much, but managed nonetheless that mental health as a thing just was not talked about as a subject. Just roll your sleeves up and get on with it. And in fact, most countries that have experience such turbulent times through war and struggles over power. This is the fallout. This silent destruction for generations to come. Mental health is only now a thing that we feel able to talk about a bit more openly because there are many shifts in our understanding about neuroscience and the societal issues we encounter like addiction. There's an understanding that mental health is no different to physical health. It deserves our attention. It deserves to be looked after. But still, there is a stigma attached to sharing problems. A problem shared is a problem halved isn't necessarily a mantra that we choose to live by for lots of fear. Fear of judgment, fear of failure, fear of not being good enough. I was shocked to learn this statistic, that three quarters of men feel unable to confide in those that are close to them about their problems. And whilst women tend to share more, men feel less able to do so. I wonder if it's to do with finding space to have those serious, in-depth conversations about their well-being without feeling judged, without feeling 
they failed in some way without feeling they're not good enough. Having problems which impact on our mental health are perfectly normal, especially given the year we've had. I want today to be a conversation that really reiterates the fact that you would not be human if you didn't have any problems and challenges to your mental health. The key for me is when you stumble on your problems, how do you go about being with them? Because I don't think silence is the answer you may need, despite the apparent potential noisiness of the problems. It's helpful and resourceful that you reach out to someone, anyone. It's okay to get help. It's okay to talk to a professional who, yes, begins as a stranger, but can quickly become someone who really can help you to find resolution and a resolution of your own making. There are lots of approaches out there to help people. Some people choose conventional talk therapies which help them and help them to find the space that they need to talk through their experiences. Others choose perhaps alternative approaches. I myself practice in lots of different modalities to support people. Hypnotherapy, mindset coaching, mindfulness, and more body-orientated approaches like emotional freedom technique, somatic coaching, casting the net wider still, the ways to access something therapeutic for ourselves, is even more accessible than at first we may believe. You may notice that for the first time in this podcast series, I've been talking over music, which I know you will have found to be enjoyable. Written and performed by my guest today, Christopher Booth is a songwriter and founder of By Christopher. He writes original music for mental health awareness and he's here today to share his different approach to helping people with their mental health. Hi, Christopher. Welcome to the Choices Podcast. Hi, Vidya. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. Great to have you. So, as I was telling our listeners, you have a very different approach to helping people with their mental health challenges. Can you tell us more about that? Well, yeah. So, I mean, I I work with music and I write music and I draw inspiration from music. And I I have done that for most of my life. I've been writing geez, for probably 20, about a good 20 years now. And uh, more than that, actually. But I started playing when I was a child and seven years old. And I studied music all the way through college locally. I'm from Seattle. So I live, I live way out and way down the West coast of of the United States. So, but it's, uh, it's something that um, I learned growing up that, you know, my mom who, was often isolated with depression and spent time away from the family with depression. Music was something that soothed her and brought her into my life a little bit more. And she would often tell me that when I wrote songs, that they they helped bring her into a calm and more tranquil state than she was. 
And, you know, as a, as a child, you don't you don't really understand what depression is. You just know your mom's not around. So, you know, going into my teen years and then into college, I, I started writing music, um, not with really the intention of mental health. That is something I added later on because I was still learning what mental health was. When you're 17 years old, you really don't have a good idea of, of what people are, are suffering with. Mm-hmm. But you do understand that they are suffering and you do. And that was the motivation from writing my first album in 2001. And I had a lot of positive response from from that because in 2001, as most people know, 9-11 happened in the United States. And that was a time of a lot of uh, people being uncertain. There, there were elevated stress levels in the country. And the local media that I was approached by picked up on that story and kind of ran with that my music was calming, my music was relaxing, and that was something the country needed. And so I was able to kind of break into the music industry that way. And so uh, moving forward, jumping all the way till 2017. And currently, I did start the By Christopher brand. And the By Christopher brand combines music for mental health and the music that I write. And it brings it together in kind of a therapeutic way that the listener can do to bring something positive into their day, mm-hmm. whether it's getting started through mindfulness, meditations, or if it's something that you want to end your day with, you know, something to 15 minutes before you fall asleep at night. So that is that is what I write today. And that is how the brand really came about. But uh, mental health is something that I'm very, very passionate about, something that's run in my family for, you know, since I, I was a kid. And so I really have a strong connection to that and have seen a lot of a lot of things, a lot of challenges growing up. So that that's why I do what I do. Brilliant. Thank you for sharing. And um, so you mm-hmm. talked about your family having having those challenges with mental health. Are you able to share that a little bit of that with us? Yeah. I mean, you know, besides my mom, I mean, I have, I had two uncles who, who passed away from suicide yeah, ten, within 10 years ago, and it was very close together. And then I have an aunt who also suffers with severe depression, anxieties run in my family. So I've seen a lot of just close knit family that has dealt with those challenges Now, you know, music, I will say, is not the end all be all when it comes to your mental health. Right. That Mm -hmm. is just one aspect that should be, I think, can be added into a larger pool of resources or some people call them their their backpacks or, you know, toolbox, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's just one added thing that you can have added to that. And, you know, especially with what we're going through in the world with mm-hmm. COVID. I mean, you if you want to talk about mental health, well, there's a good starting point right there because we're seeing a lot of added stresses, added challenges into people's daily lives just from the isolation that they've been in. And that's obviously not good for anybody to be isolated from their family. I, I think you're going to see a lot more challenges coming out of COVID, you know, mm. With with mental health, I think you're going to see. Uh, I think you're you're at the tip of the iceberg right now with wh- where we are. But drawing focus, I mean, I talk to people all the time, and they talk. They say, "Well, do you do music therapy?" And I say, "Well, I think you do music therapy on a daily basis, but you don't realize you're doing it." 
Mm. You know, you, you, you get up in the morning, you turn on some happy music, <laughs> some something that makes you feel good, right? And you yeah. get your day going. And, and then it really gets people thinking about music in a different way. I think I just bring an attention and a focus to it, right? Mm. If you're doing music therapy with, with focus and intention, now you're doing something for you. Now you're bringing an awareness to yourself. Yeah, your music is amazing. I mean, what where do you get your own inspiration from in writing and you know, kind of talk us through the process that you go through. Well, my inspiration one first comes from my daughter. She's one years old and, you know, I, I, I'm privileged to be able to be at home with her, obviously because of what we mentioned from COVID, you know, a lot of people are working from home, but uh, I get a lot of inspiration from her. And besides, besides that, we, we go out and we take walks in nature at the park or down by the river where we live and, it's just a really calm, calm. I, I have to be able to quiet my mind when I when I draw inspiration, and, and that's something I can do when I go out and, and take those walks. A lot of the inspiration comes from people that tell me that my music has impacted them in a positive way. That mm. keeps that keeps it going, right? You know, it's it, when I started the brand in 2017, it was a concept, it was an idea of what it could be, right? I wanted to help some friends and close family. So I wrote some songs for them. And it was the, the constant encouragement and people telling me, boy, this is such a needed thing. Keep keep doing what you're doing. And that was very inspiring and continues to be even today to continue to write, continue to bring what I see as a valuable resource into the mental health community. So you kind of lost your mojo a bit with music. You lost mm-hmm. it through the loss of your mum. And I'm mm-hmm. just wondering what brought you back? Like what what made you reach out to music once again? That's a good question. I mean, obviously losing anyone to, you know, cancer or any disease is a very horrible and hard experience for people to to get through. And um, you know, it's um it was unexpected when she when she told us she was diagnosed with brain cancer in 2012 and she didn't she she didn't last over more than a year you know with with that diagnosis and I, growing up it was i connected so much of what i did musically to her you know i wrote for her i played for her she's the one that got me started in music she's the one that bought me my first it was actually an organ at a garage sale oh. and she purchased that for me and you know, everything I did, I, I, I did for her with music and I, it was very, very difficult losing someone that way. And she was only 59 when she passed. So she was young and, you know, with playing music and even writing music uh, takes inspiration. And that is not an inspiring time. And that was not an inspiring time in my life. Uh, so I, it was about five years really before I ever, ever even began to write again. And what, what was the I, I, what was the actual motivation or the reason for for writing? It was more of a curiosity, really. It was mm-hmm. more of a, you know I kind of want to see what what might happen if I start to write. And uh, to be completely honest, it was from a selfish standpoint. I, I wanted to, I needed to do something for me, mm-hmm. and before I could help anybody else, you know I, I I had to help me, and I had to get myself into a good place. So the idea was I was going to, you know, obviously having the the strong connection to mental health and the, you know, the compassion for that. I thought it'd be nice to write some songs dedicated to that cause. Mm. And so I wrote three songs in 2017, pretty much within like three months, I had written and recorded these songs 
And then I started the by Christopher brand on, on YouTube and I uploaded it and I was just sharing with friends and family. It was a very small sharing. I wasn't on there to, you know, make money or to do anything like that. It was just, look, here's some songs. Maybe this can help people once again. And that's where things really took off. That's where, where, you know, of course you put anything on social media, you know, and someone shares it, you know, the, the, the possibilities are endless and not that it went viral or not that it was, was going, getting extremely popular, but to people that it impacted, it meant a lot to them. Mm. And it meant a lot to those people. And that is where that spark came from. And one of the songs I wrote, I had titled A Flame Within. And that was so appropriate, I felt, for the time I was going through and coming out of and for people that um, needed that spark in their life. And I felt that everybody, you know, there's people that everybody has a fire within themselves. Mm. But some of those fires are, are lesser and, you know, dimmer than others. Mm. And that is that was the motivation behind that song when I wrote that uh, was to be able to bring more light into other people's lives. And, uh, I, you know, even if it's one person, I, I, I was, I was um, happy if it could do that. Yeah. So those, those songs were really the beginning of, of something much, much bigger. And obviously where I am today and that the music that I've written in the last couple of years. I mean, I've written so much more and put that up, but that was really the start. And it, and it was a very much a, the beginning of a healing process in my own life, mm. being able to come to terms with the loss of my mom, being able to navigate those day-to-day emotions and those day-to-day feelings that come up for you. Uh, those are things that never go away. You have those feelings every single day, but how do you come face to face with them and how do you live with them? That, that's the thing that changes over time. Mm. And for me, I manage it through music and I manage my emotions through music. Beautiful. And actually, as you're talking there, you said some really um, important points, isn't it? You know, how can you be supportive to others around you? You have to help yourself first. And I, I sense from you, you've got a great sense of purpose about your music you know reaching out even if it helps just one person that's that makes that mean it's meaningful um and I, that so resonates with me mm-hmm. on that personal level and another thing i wanted to ask you do you think that you know the best or the most moving pieces of music actually are written from those depths of our experience raw experiences whether it be really brimming with happiness or just you know really in the depths of pain. I wondered if you mm-hmm. had any thoughts around that. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you said something just a moment ago and you were talking about, you know, emptying, you know, being being kind of being able to be in a good place before you can help others. And, you know, that is that is so true right now. I mean, I went into 2020 or 2021 this year, coming out of last year where, you know, I had all these expectations for my music because I was supposed to have released my album last year and and, and that didn't happen. And I had to take a step back and really reinvent what, what, what I was going to do. And instead of really allowing my brain to think for me and do, I kind of just emptied that cup and, and went into this year with, you know, I'm going to put my music out there and however impacts will come back Mm. and will fill my cup in a, in a more holistic way. Mm. And it has, I mean, I, I feel like I'm doing so little, but yet so much because I'm not forcing anything. 
and I'm not trying to accomplish, let's say, an end goal with like, you know, if, if you're in the music industry, you want to sell a certain amount of records or you want to hit a certain number or you want to be somewhere. That really isn't the objective. The objective is to have, like you said, have be able to help one person or be able to help a few people. Mm-hmm. And perhaps, and it's not so much what I do with, with helping one person, it's what's that one person do with that, mm-hmm. right? What do you do? You know, do you, do you take that flame? Do you take that flame within and you pass that on to someone else? Because we need so much more of that in the world we live in today. You know, so much more compassion, so much more empathy for people that can't articulate their feelings as well as others can. Mm. You know, sometimes you'll talk to people and you'll say, you know, how are you doing? And you get the standard response. I'm fine. Mm. And you can see in that person's face, they're not fine, but they can't articulate that. Maybe they don't want to. And that's okay. But being able to share something that doesn't need to be spoken is such a powerful thing. And really the approach I've taken with with it this this year and, and continue to. Beautiful. And it's actually funny, I, I tend never to ask a person, how are you? Because the, mm. the, 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 the response that should be given is a, I'm fine. I, I tend to ask people, you know, how's your weather doing? How's your internal weather? And actually that gives yeah. people a different flavor or a different way to talk about their their experience because yeah. it's different moment to moment oh yeah oh yeah that's that's um it gets you to think differently mm. at least with that approach mm. you know it's you you're right you know when you do ask people how you're doing it, it almost just feels it's cringeworthy to ask because you know the answer you're gonna get mm. you go into it and it's almost expected that you get that answer. If you ever ask someone, I, I've done this a few times in my life where I've asked someone how they're doing and they tell you, <laughs> and then, and then what do you do? Right. <laughs> they're telling you about how horrible their day is and their dog just died. I mean, it just comes at you like a wave and you're like, oh, I wish I hadn't have asked almost, you know, but, but yeah. that's kind of the, the, the pseudo expectation that society has for us. Like you said, you know, if, someone asks you how you're doing, you tell them fine. And then we just go on and Mm. pretend like everything's good in our lives. Well, you know, that's, that's that's mostly not true for most everybody out there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I've really appreciated the fact that we're having this discussion that, you know, it's okay to say I'm not okay. And and are, Mm. are are there ways to access that therapeutic approach for ourselves? And, and it's so simple. It's so basic. It, it, it's through music when we when we wake up in the morning and we hear the birds that's music uh, music taps into yeah. our soul in such a different way yeah yeah people people can think about music just like you said oh that's so good just like you said the birds singing now people people will you know say what kind of music do you listen to well it doesn't have to be this this typical rock and roll mm. pop music classical it can be going out into nature listening to the river Mm. I wrote a song when I, when I wrote the, the collection of three songs, I wrote a song called the river song. And it's because the river is so beautiful to listen to and the rushes and the way it, the way it talks and the way it speaks. I wanted to interpret that, interpret it that through music. And that, you know, that is something that people can, if you want to think about things in a different way, when you get up, you don't have to necessarily turn on tunes. Mm. you can you can you can listen to your kids laughing you know you can listen to the coffee brewing in the morning that's music to my ears right there <laughs> <laughs> hear that coffee it's 
kind of a dopamine rush too at the same time. But, you know, there's so many different things that we can listen to that, that isn't your typical music. But music obviously is is good for, for you and, and it does connect the right brain, left brain and, and you know, mm. gets the synapses to form and, and cross over. And, and it really does do some very powerful things for, for people emotionally. Yeah, definitely. I really felt myself that music has that ability to touch us, doesn't it? Deep inside where words, we we just can't necessarily connect with that feeling. So I wanted to ask you really, you know, what is it that you think people really connect with in your music and find that of therapy almost and, and find therapeutic in, in listening to your work? Well, Vidya, that's such a good point. I mean, what you said about music, reaching down and touching someone on a different level than, than what words can do. I mean, words can go so far, right? But words are the great puzzle of our time that, mm. you know, I may say something to you and you may take it a completely different way, but music speaks without, without barrier, without misunderstanding or misinterpretation. It, it's, it's interpreted freely by yourself. And music can also do some, you know, it's my, I was talking to a gentleman recently and we were talking about, the benefits of music and what that can do. And he was talking about the positive, you know, how, how, how music can just make you feel so good about yourself. And that's a hundred percent true. He's not wrong, but I, but I offered a different perspective and said, you know, I think music can take someone that has gone through trauma, has gone through pain and allow a healing process to begin where other therapies or words or talking mm. cannot do because music is, is, is the great transporter. It's the great vehicle that can, it can move us, that can take us to places, resurrect memories, resurrect that pain and allow us to confront that and allow us to begin that healing. There, there's a, a, a lot of times people mistake healing from and curing and put mm. those two together and think, oh, I'll be, I'll, I'll be better. Well, you know, I, I lost my mother in 2012 to brain cancer. And that was a very, very difficult time for me going through the loss of her and losing her in that way. And I use music and writing the music style that I do as, as a therapy for me to, to heal from that mm. and to begin to move, move forward with my life and begin to even embrace music once again. There, I, I, you know, I had stopped writing. I had stopped playing. I had stopped a lot of things that I loved with music because it was so painful because of the connection I had and made with my mom. And so there's a power with that that comes with that in a, in a healing process that comes with being able to not just write, but then also to the listener who's also listening, being able to communicate that to them. Yeah, it's a medium for expression, isn't it? That transcends cultural boundaries or, or any of those the boundaries of, of meaning of words. They, they transcend that. I mean, I actually did my intro to this podcast over one of your one of your productions, um, the beginning, um, which mm -hmm. gave gave it so much more gravitas than just what I was saying with my words. So I thank you for that. That was really lovely yeah. to share. Yes, yes, yes. I, I had I had written the song, the beginning, kind of as an homage to my daughter because that's obviously you know when she came into the world that was a, that was a new beginning for me, but. The, the, the what you bring up about that song is that it, there's no real structure to it it's so free and and it doesn't have a specific theme it's just kind of moves throughout and it, it's not a very long piece either but it just kind of allows a person to 
really let what feelings may come to them just emerge organically without being forced or anything forced upon them. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to do my ending to your piece on Walk Home. So I'm looking forward to mm. sharing that with the mm-hmm. listeners. Yeah, awesome. Just as we were discussing, isn't it, before we started to record and you said, oh, I, I like to I like to talk and I like to expand upon w- what I'm saying Music is like that, isn't it? It's so expansive and, and it can be short, it can be long, it can it can go nowhere, it can go somewhere. And, and I think that's what's really, it is beautiful for anyone to tap into, to just, just change the state of where they are in their feeling can take you, take mm-hmm. you to a place in your imagination, in your feeling, in your body. What you said is feeling because that is what, what inspires me to write right, is you have a feeling from within that you want to get out or you want to mm-hmm. be able to put to music and good or bad. You know, if, if I made you feel, I made you feel something then I've accomplished, right? Because that's, that's the human experience right there. Yeah. In its purest form. So how mm-hmm. how can people reach out to you or or hear more of your work? Well, I have all my work on YouTube platform right now. That's where it all is. And it's at youtube.com slash by Christopher. That's where I have it. You can also search by Christopher on YouTube and on the first or second result you'll find. But um, that's where it all is. And there's, uh, besides the albums that I have there, I have a meditation series that you can can utilize into your daily life. And they're each about 20 minutes in length. So those, those are really nice for people that, that have a mindfulness practice or some form of yoga that they do. It's, it accompanies that very nicely. So that's available there too. Brilliant. I'll be definitely tuning in instead of, instead of any other, any app. Because I, I listen to your music and it's, it's simply beautiful uplifting and um heartfelt and and you can really hear that well that's the name of one of my songs that you'll find on there is heartfelt so there we go (laughs) (laughs) oh so thank you christopher for sharing your experience your story and how you help help others through your love of music thanks vidya thanks for having me on wherever we are in life We need to understand our map so that we can gather our bearings, understand our current coordinates and location in order that we can plot where we would like to go and how we might go about getting there. To know where we find ourselves, it's as important to understand and retrace some of our previous steps to obtain the full intel so that we can truly exact our own mission with a sense of precision and make adjustments for all those obstacles that we think we are likely to face in the future. When we actually take a closer look at those obstacles we have met in the past and the ones that we are likely to meet in the future, we oftentimes discover that when it's felt toughest, We ourselves have been the ones standing in our own way. Obstacles don't entirely exist all by themselves, but are constructed and built in our mind. And if we could just think freely, we'd be less inclined to envisage obstacles, but instead scenic but purposeful detours that we're meant to lead ourselves through. I see my role as a therapeutic coach and mentor 
much as like a marshal, just helping you in the orienteering expedition of your life. I attend and heal to any cuts, blisters or bruising that you may have incurred in your journey up until now. But I promise to also prepare you from this point on. I will give you a new and improved compass. I will help you unfold your own map and point you to some areas of local interest that you might wish to explore or perhaps you might care to visit to enrich your experience. I will show you a place to replenish, resource and hydrate yourself and quench a thirst that you may not have even realised existed. I'll walk along with you providing some company and when it's time for me to leave you to it, to continue on your forward journey, you'll feel empowered and streetwise in the landscape of your life. We're almost done with season one, but don't worry, I'll be back next week to round it off with all the fun that you guys have missed out on behind the scenes. I started my podcasting journey 11 weeks ago and I've been overwhelmed by your feedback and supportive comments. And next week, we're going to have a little lighthearted giggle all about the things that happen during the recording sessions. I'll catch you next week. <laughs>